everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you liked last week's episode. I almost didn't do it just because like as much as I love and adore this person that's in my life, I really was still kind of in that mindset of like, I have to protect this because there are, let's just be honest, there are people that um, just don't want to see you happy. And I feel like everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. I feel like everyone's experienced when you have people in your life that genuinely just like do not want to see you doing well because it it shows them the areas of their life that they don't have full confidence and security in. But you know, that's for another time. Um, I actually did something a little bit different today. First of all, I'm solo. Hi, you get just me, which is actually, this is going to be cool because this is something I haven't really ever talked about um, publicly, but it's something that I don't know why, because I feel so strongly about the perspectives I have. I mean, duh, like <laughs> everyone, but seriously, I've put a lot of time and energy and effort into the, just like the mentality I have with this specific topic. And listen, whether or not you're a parent or you will ever be a parent we all at least know parents in our lives. Like we all have parents, duh, but we all know someone that this perspective might just really help you kind of be aware of what's going on and the thought processes that most people have. And I can't speak for everyone, but I'm going to be just really raw about like my experience, especially as a single mom. Um, I put out a little question box and I was like, hey, what are some topics y'all want to hear about? Like I have you know how there's people that you can say like, you know, what's one topic that you could talk for 30 minutes about and you feel like an expert on? I feel like I could talk about literally anything, but that is what I was put on this earth to do. My mouth will never stop moving. My brain will never stop running. It just, it's just how it is. And this is something that I've put like just so much energy into over the years as most of you know, I am a single mom. I have two daughters, um, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, and they are like, if you've ever gotten to meet them, I know every parent's obsessed with their kids and they're like, my kids are the best in the world. But seriously, like my girls are amazing. They're incredible in every sense of the word. And a lot of it is is, you know, just how they are and who they are, but I'm taking credit for a lot of how they are because there were very specific things that I decided super early on that I was going to be very intentional with. And then there's like specific things that I kind of just took a step back and I said, I want to see who you are. And I feel like that balance has created these two like incredible humans because here's the thing. Most people think of parenting as like, I'm going to have a little mini me to shape and to influence and to um, like have it be like a main version of myself. They're thinking that because they are responsible for bringing the human form of this person into the world, that they automatically get to like say who this person is. And that is just not how it fucking works. That is not the truth. You are the guide and protector as a parent for 
the the people, the human beings that you bring into the world, but they are their own people. They are their own human beings. You can put them in any organized sport and you know, make them an Olympic athlete if you want to. You can create and turn them into any version of yourself that you want to, but like if you don't allow them the space to be their own people, I can say from personal experience, there's going to be so much resentment there. And I actually have my family to thank a lot for this because I'm not even kidding. They did some things, um, I, I guess you could say right, but it's not the conventional things you think they did right. Like, yes, I always had food. You know, we never went hungry. I always had a bed to sleep in. I always had clean clothes. Like they were good at being caretakers, but they were not good at being nurturers and guides. And that was something that I said, okay, like when I found out I was pregnant, I was 20. I had just turned 20. Oh my God. I was 20 years old and I had been with um, my, he was my boyfriend at the time. I'd been with him for a year and we found out that I was pregnant actually on our year anniversary. And I didn't know what to do. Like I was absolutely terrified. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know anything. I'm, I'm not even like I was waitressing tables at the time and he was in grad school and we had no money and we had no idea how to be parents. Like we were just kind of thrown this thing, but I knew that I had enough experience just with like my own upbringing to say what are things I want to take from that and bring them into how to be a good mother and what are things I want to take from that and say I will absolutely not be doing that and something that was really really important to me was giving them freedom to be their own humans like I looked at this tiny little beautiful chubby cheeked blue eyed baby girl who's so she came out of the womb just like so sweet my oldest is the sweetest human in the world but I've also found over the years as she's grown and kind of found her own voice that she is stubborn and my youngest is loud she is loud she is but she's so unbelievably intelligent you would not believe talking to her that that some of the stuff that comes out of her mouth and even just the words she uses she'll say like instead of being like is that right mom she'll be like is that correct like she just the way that they are both so different in their individual dynamics it goes beyond personality traits it's like it's their individual gifts and their individual creativity and their individual you know highs and lows and what makes them a human and that was something I really really wanted to focus on when I had them specifically with my first and then I got extra practice with my second because she is so vastly different <laughs> from my oldest but I looked at this this newborn baby and I was like I would literally do anything for this this child I would everyone says like I would die for my kids but what are you doing to live for them? What are you doing to teach them? What are you doing to guide them? What are you doing to prepare them for the world? What are you teaching them about the world? What are the standards that you're setting in your own life that they are going to copy and mimic? There's so much that goes into it beyond just, I'm gonna put my kid in in soccer and he's gonna be a star athlete or 
she's going to get all straight A's and get these scholarships to this school. Like that is not the real world. That is a blip. That is a blip in your life that once it's gone, it's gone. Okay. The world extends far beyond college and what you do in college and then where you go after college. It is so much more about your impact and what are you going to what are you going to do? What are the gifts that you were naturally given? What are the characteristics that make up who you are? How do those evolve and change throughout each day? And what are you doing to nurture that in these humans that you brought into the world? And I have had a very, very unconventional way of parenting, especially from how I was brought up, like since day one. I mean, I was always, you know, taught you spank your kids when you're when they're out of line and you discipline them and like I cannot tell you the amount of just random objects that were broken over my butt that were like the, like it's kind of funny now but at the time it was like really really screwed up like I mean wooden spoons hairbrushes spatulas I think there was a ping pong paddle involved at one point like my my family just found like anything they could to just like beat us with and I mean you can say beat is a dramatic term I don't care when I was little that was what it felt like it was it was a lot of times like the physical aspect of it the physical aspect of spanking was used as the like primary discipline method especially with me and I was the type of kid that like if I wanted to do something I would just do it And I had good intentions always, but like if I didn't understand something, if you were like, no, you can't do that. And you didn't explain it to me why I was going to do it. And I was just going to try not to get caught. I just got to the point when I was around like 13, 14, where I realized that I didn't actually respect my parents. I just got really good at lying to them. I just figured out new ways to lie to them so that they wouldn't know. And I got away with a lot of things. And I'm sure looking back now, they probably knew. But at that point, I don't know. Maybe they didn't care enough. Maybe I was a lost cause. Maybe I was just too much of the black sheep. And they were like, you know what? She's gone. She's lost. Whatever. Um, But I just, I think a lot of it came from this place of like, this doesn't make sense. Like you are sitting here and you're going to punish me in a physical way, which is not the way the world works. Like if you're at work and you do something wrong, your boss doesn't come in and like smack you on the ass. I mean, I hope not. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. But like it's not the way the world works. And the fact that so many people turn to that as a form of punishment, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't care if that's unpopular. I don't care if anyone's listening to this getting mad right now like, well, I spank my kids and they're fine. Or I, I got spanked and I turned out just fine. That is not, it's not realistic. Okay. You can sit here and say you're fine. Your kids are fine. It is not a realistic way of parenting. It is just the quote unquote easier way to parent. And I promise you, I tried like when Bella was I think she was like two or three. I don't even know if she was that. She might've been two. She, there was one day where she was just being a two-year-old with big feelings and big emotions and she would not listen to anything I say. And I remember it being like a dangerous situation. Like she kept grabbing things and like putting in her mouth and 
instead, I was like, okay, I guess what I'm supposed to do is, you know, spank her. I'm like 21 at this point, maybe 22. And that was what my family always did. And that was what they always told me to do. And that's what the church said to do. And that's like all of this evidence was saying, this is how you're supposed to parent. This is how your children grow up to not be assholes. And I tried to do it and I couldn't even do it. Like I sat there with her and I was like, I can't physically do it. There's something in me that's saying, you love this tiny little human. She's just having big feelings because you have big feelings, you dumbass. Like we we're humans. We have feelings. We have bad days. We have experiences. We have so much that goes into our day to day. And yet we take the stance of children should be punished for acting out on those feelings. But when we act out on those feelings and we're rude to the barista in the Starbucks line, or we have road rage and we honk at someone, or we're rude to our spouse, or we say something nasty to our kids, like, why is there no permission for children to be human beings when they have less experience and less development than normal people in the world? And yet we make a pass for everyone but kids. Like all of this was just circulating in my brain when I was undoing everything that I had learned about the right way to raise children. And I knew something in me was saying like, you turned out the way you did because of you. I mean, I I have to give my family credit for providing for me and that's about it. And I don't care. Like I have held that in for so long that they didn't really raise me. Everything I learned about how to be a good person and how to take care of people and how to make a positive impact in the world and like everything about who I am and what I embody was me, was what I learned, was what I taught myself, was what I learned through therapy and reparenting and reading and and just getting alone with myself and being like, who are you and what do you want? And a big part of that transferred into, into motherhood and it's shifted and changed over the years. And I'll say this, like when the girls were really young and their dad and I were still together, he worked a lot. He worked a lot so that I could stay home with the girls. And for that, I will always have a deep level of admiration for him because he and I both felt it was important for for their upbringing, for them to be home, to be with family, to be with me, to not have to go to like a daycare center. And, and because of that, he wasn't there a lot. So I will say... I kind of already had a sense of what single parenting was like before I was a single mom, before it actually happened. And to, I think it, I I have to believe it's to the girl's benefit that they don't really remember a lot of us together. And it was a very slow transition the way we did it because we, um, we separated when we had just moved to Nashville and then we couldn't finalize our divorce for like, it was probably like two years after that. So we did live together in separate rooms for the better part of our separation. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Like it was, it was intense. (laughs) It was really challenging a lot of times, but I think it made it easier for them 
to kind of just see us not really being involved in a romantic sense, but still operating as kind of a family. And then um, our divorce was finalized. He got his own place. And obviously we've been living separately for years now, but there was, there was definitely a transition that I think made it easier for them, albeit it was hard on he and I, but I really felt like when I became a single mom, like when I had that, you know, kind of earth shattering realization, like, holy shit, you're alone. You're, you're alone in this. It's just you, dude. You are trying to work on your own shit. You're trying to, to reparent yourself and like work through all of these traumas and go to therapy and figure out who you are at 25, 26 years old. And then all of a sudden you have to be alone raising two other kids that just need you to do all those things for them. Like it was so hard and I felt so much pressure to to do it all right because I felt like I was fighting an uphill battle. Like not only did I not really have an example of how to be a good parent from what I define that as, but I also was having to figure it out while I already had kids and they were the guinea pigs. And thank God they're resilient because, oh my God, I feel like, I feel like as I figured things out with them and as I figured out who they are, what they need individually, what they need from me, what I need for myself, how to be the best example for them, it's shifted and changed so many times as they've gotten older, as I've learned more, as I've healed more, as our dynamic has changed. But at this point with where they're at now, I feel like we have a really good dynamic. I feel like there's just a lot of love and acceptance and freedom and grace and all of the things that I wish I had, I can give to them. And it's incredibly healing for me to have them come to me and tell me things and have me be like, oh my God, this is my moment to give them the things I didn't get. It's it's so healing for me to be able to, to give that to them. It's so, it's like revolutionary to not have to repeat the same patterns and the same cycles and to be able to not only say it ends with me because I'm working on healing myself, but actually put it into action. Like that shit oh my God, when you have that moment where you're like, that stuff that my family has just passed on for generations because nobody would go to therapy and nobody would deal with it. Nobody would read a book on like fixing your shit. Like no one tried. Everyone just repeated the cycle over and over and over again. And then I got dumped on with all of it. And I'm the one that has to heal all these generational curses, all these generational traumas. But then the moment where you actually get to embody it in like the physical realm is so cool. It's so cool. And I wish that for every single person out there because it changes you. When, when you get that sense of like, oh my God, I'm doing it differently. I get to be what no one in my family has been. I get to be the person that I needed. Like, oh, it is such a rush and it's so healing. And I know that it can be, if there are any single parents out there, like 
my heart, oh, I see you. I see you. I feel you. It is not easy. It is so challenging to have to play every single role for your children. I have to be the provider. I have to be the nurturer. I have to be the disciplinarian. I have to make sure that I am making money so that I can make sure they're well-fed and I have to make sure I'm also spending enough time with them at home so they don't feel neglected. And I have to make sure in these really formative years that I am being a good influence while also figuring out more about myself and who I am and allowing myself to make mistakes. Like there's so much that goes into all of the different hats you have to wear as a single parent. So I applaud you. I see you. You're fucking killing it. Like hats off. I I respect the hell out of you. Um, Because it's not easy. (laughs) It's so not easy when your kid is acting out and you have to set them straight. You have to be like, hey, baby, this is not, I had to do this the other day. Bella um, was just, I don't know. She was like having a rough time. I think she was not really feeling great because she'd been sick recently and she was kind of on the tail end of it and she was tired and it was just, there were a lot of things. And I'd been gone. I'd been gone traveling and I had just gotten back. And that transition when they have to go from like one house to the other um, is always really hard on them. But we have different kind of grounding methods. I'll talk about that after. I need to get back to the story. So she was kind of acting out like I had asked her to do, we don't call them chores, they're responsibilities because we all have a responsibility to take care of the house. It's it's just how it is. It's not a chore that you have to do because mom said so. It's a responsibility that you have to the home that we all live in. And I have a list on the fridge that they can look at whenever they want to because I'm so tired of repeating myself. It's so funny, like they will sit there And if I happen to slightly maybe throw it out there that I might be taking them for ice cream or like we might have a treat tonight, they will ask me about it 15,000 times until it happens. But if it's something I'm asking them to do because it's their responsibility, it just somehow is missed completely. And I have to say it five times. So I got really tired of it. And I was like, guys, there's a list on the fridge of your daily obligations and responsibilities as human beings this is just what you do as a person living on earth like you got to brush your teeth you got to brush your hair you know you have to put your laundry away you need to empty the dishwasher and she was pushing back on it so much oh my god like it was I was like at my wits end I was like okay I'm not gonna freak out I'm gonna keep my cool because like my brain is fully developed and yours isn't. So like, I'm the one that has to keep my shit together right now, but what is going on with you? And I asked her, I was like, Bella, what, what are you doing? And she was like, I don't know. I was like, okay, who, who are you? What kind of person are you? She goes, I'm, I'm kind. I said, yeah. She goes, I'm strong. I said, yeah. She goes, I'm, I'm considerate. Yep. And I'm helpful and I'm responsible. And she listed all these things that she knows that she is. And I said, okay, is your behavior right now reflecting that? When you are sitting here getting angry and getting mad at us 
for just asking you to fulfill your responsibilities and obligations, are you being respectful? Are you being kind? Are you being considerate? Are you working with the family so that we can all have a clean, cozy house to live in? And it like clicked. It clicked in her brain like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not doing these things. And do they still mess up even though I remind them constantly who they actually are and whether or not their behaviors reflect that? Absolutely. They're kids. They're human. They're supposed to make mistakes. I'm supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to make mistakes. It is not ever a foolproof method, but if I can train their minds to think, okay, I'm doing something that is out of character for me. How do I pull myself back to who I am and what my values are and make my actions reflect that? If someone had done that for all of the like (laughs) 1900s babies that were just like told to isolate and self-soothe and don't talk out of place and children should be seen, not heard and respect your elders even when they're wrong and don't talk back and you got a spanking like, oh my God, just talk to them like they're humans. That's how I talked to a friend of mine that was, you know, doing things that were out of character for her. I would say, dude, you're, <laughs> what's up with you? Like, you don't act like this. What's going on? What What's really happening here? So, why don't we treat our kids the same way? Why don't we just actually talk to them like humans? Because they are. We're all on this earth having this crazy experience, just trying to figure shit out and make the best life that we can and be happy and chase our dreams and make a positive impact. Don't you think that those little opportunities that you can help them connect back to themselves is going to help them with that more? It's going to teach them how to think. It's going to teach them how to learn about who they are. That's a big one. Teaching them to learn about who they actually are will keep them so rock solid through so many things in life. Because even if they make bad decisions and even if they make choices that don't reflect that, they're still going to know when I want to embody who I am, I know where to find those values. I know how to sit alone with myself and figure out what I want and who I am. I know the kind of person that I want to embody every day. If you can teach them that, they can get through pretty much anything because it's all about connecting back to yourself. It's all about the ways that you can connect deeper to yourself. And I hope, I hope that my example has shown them that. I hope that, you know, when they're up and out on their own and living their lives, I hope that they'll look back and say, you know what? Like mom didn't do everything right. But the one thing that she always did was encourage us to be us and encourage us to be confident in who we were and to embody and integrate all of the things that make us good humans, make us humans that love other humans and love ourselves and love this world and and make the best of our time here. And if they grow up and they want to travel around the globe in, you know, a van and jet set or they want to open up um, a boutique selling like handmade bracelets, I don't care what they do. I don't care if they accomplish everything in the world or by some kind of status, nothing. If if they are happy and 
they are fulfilled and they know who they are and they make an impact even in small ways, like I will have done my job. I will say that I have won, that I have done my duty as a parent not to create little carbon copies of me, not to make them into something that makes me feel like I was successful, not to have them have all of these accolades that make me feel like I've accomplished things, but to create humans in this world that can be a little bit kinder and raise others up and raise the collective consciousness and do better. And it's not just about what you teach them. It's also about what you embody. That's the, that's the other fun side of this that really, oh, it sucks. It sucks, dude, because like you can't really ever fuck up because you have these humans that are, that are watching you and they're, oh my God. And they let you know, oh, they let you know. Some of the guys I've dated, they're like, why did you date him? I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I'm traumatized, okay? You gotta, you gotta give me a little grace here. I'm figuring this out too. Like, I, I'm just now figuring out so much about myself that I should have learned when I was your age, but I'm, I didn't. And dating as a single parent is one of the hardest things you're gonna do. I swear. I swear sometimes it would just be easier to not. And if I was blessed with the gift of not being attracted to other people, um, then I wouldn't, I would not be dating. I would not have anyone in my life. Thank God. Oh my God. Thank God. The person I have now is like the like dream manifestation of a man that I could have asked for. I mean, beyond just how he treats me and shows up for me, the way that he is with the girls is like, it's so beautiful and healing to watch because he just loves them. Like he pours into them and, and tries to help them enjoy life. And he'll like do things like he'll take them to get lunch. And like, it's so sweet, man. He just, he's over the top with showing me and them how to be loved and how to experience love from the person that's in your life. And thank God I got it right with this one because the last couple ones were embarrassing, embarrassing to say the least. Um, But, you know, it's its own animal because like, okay, the idea that I had a couple of years ago when I was like, I think... I'm ready to, you know, date, kind of see. First of all, (laughs) dating after you've been married and off the market is so (laughs) comical. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I was like 25 and I downloaded Tinder. This was five years ago. Okay, cut me some slack. I don't even think Hinge was a thing at that point, but I like downloaded Tinder because I was like, I don't know. I don't know where else to meet people. Like, I don't know. I I don't know how to do this. Like I had just moved to Nashville. I didn't have any friends. I had like, no, I didn't even have one friend then. I had zero friends in Nashville. So I couldn't exactly be like, Hey, you know, do you know of anyone? Do you work with anyone that might know someone? Like there was no setting up. Okay. It was like, Um, get on this app and have it be really weird and awkward and it's like the bottom of the barrel type people. 
Um, if you're on Tinder, just just stop, man. The dating apps suck. They never. I love it for you if you were able to find someone, but I feel like when you're in your 30s, dating other people who are like in their 30s and beyond, the dating apps change and get like real desperate and creepy. And I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Oh my God. But I was on Tinder, like trying to date, not knowing what the hell I was getting myself into. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know how to date. I didn't know how to like have the new person conversation with someone. It had been like six years. Like I hadn't talked to anyone in a long time. And the last time I had was college when the dating market is everybody. Like it is just like a free for all when you're in college. And then like mid twenties in a new city where you don't know anyone is was like it was hell because like all the guys just wanted a hookup or just wanted a fun thing and I'm like yeah I I got kids like I I got two kids here like I can't come meet you on Broadway at midnight with like you and your boys to take green tea shots I can't do that shit okay I got bedtimes and I've got like horror stories for days that I might share at some point but um I had to figure out what my standards were because I was used to being very degraded and belittled and told something was wrong with me by everyone. Like my family, my ex-husband, like all of these people had all of these negative things to say about who I was And that was what I was attracting. I was attracting people that like didn't value me and didn't see me. And I didn't know that at the time. Nobody told me that that's how that works, that you attract what you're embodying. Like I I didn't know that. So I was trying to date. And for the longest time, when the the girls were a lot younger at this point, they were like, I think Charlie was like two, yeah, two and four when we split up. So um, the math ain't mathin'. Maybe, okay, two and four, about to be three and five, whatever. They were young. They were babies. And I would go on dates and, like, not tell them that I even had kids until I was, like, like two or three dates in, I would legitimately show up to the date and I would have like the car seats, like not visible in my back seat because I, I didn't want to scare anyone off, which was the completely wrong mindset to take because like if someone's intimidated by you having kids and you actually have kids, then they're not your person anyway. But I kind of thought that if they were like, oh my God, you're 25, 26 and you've already got two kids and a divorce, like what's wrong with you? I was, I just had like no confidence in myself at that point. I'd been beaten down, belittled, talked down to, told I was like all of these awful things. So I just didn't know. I had no idea. And here I was trying to date having zero idea who I was or what I want. I didn't even know what I wanted. I had no idea the kind of person that I wanted. And then it took time. It took so much time to figure it out. And I still dated some assholes. I I still dated some like shitty people and I haven't always gotten it right. But I'll say this, you are their biggest example. And I think as much as that feels 
so heavy and so intimidating, and it is, it's also an opportunity to kind of humanize you because kids tend to think their parents are heroes. Kids tend to think their parents are like, can do no wrong. And yes, my girls look up to me so much. I can see it in their eyes. Like I, everything I do, they just like are amazed by it. And and I love that because I try to keep it very real and very human. And I tell them like, I'm upset because I had a bad day. I'm upset because, you know, this thing disappointed me. I'm I'm sad about this or I messed up here. I will straight up tell them when they bring up like some of my exes. They're like, why did you date him? I'm like, because I, I made a mistake. I misjudged this person's character. I didn't know. I never intentionally put myself in in the way of, you know, dating someone who is just going to screw me over and be a terrible person and suck the life out of me. But like, it happens. And as they get older, I'm going to use it as an opportunity to be like, here's what happened. I dated some not great people. And then I used that as an opportunity to say, what inside of me is attracting these people that are not good for me, not good for you, not good for the family that I'm envisioning, the family that I want to create and grow and have be this beautiful, blooming thing. And I realized that what I was embodying and how I felt internally wasn't reflecting what I was allowing into my life and allowing into my my relationship space externally. So I worked on myself and that was when I met Nick. And that was when I realized that this was actually what I'd been wanting. This was the person that I was manifesting, but it took my action first. It took me first getting to that place of recognizing and being self-aware to be like, all right, something's wrong with me internally drawing these people in that are, you know, just using me or don't really want to like long-term commit, even though they say they do, they just want the benefits. They don't want to actually be a rock, a person, a partner. They just want me to take care of them. And I'll say this, if you are a single parent specifically, and there is someone in your life that you might be talking to, you might be with, and they are not like full head in for you and your kids, just like ready to take it all on and not only like accept it, but really add to it. Not just accept, oh yeah, I'm dating a mom or I'm dating a dad, they have kids, but like really, really integrated into their lives. You know, be a part of family dinners, be a part of bedtimes, be a part of outings, be there for those those conversations, be there for homework, like the nitty gritty day in, day out stuff. If that person is not focused on being a part of your family as a unit, and only being with you, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out because there are going to be so many times where the kids come first as they always should. And the one thing that's different about my partner now is he knows, like he says it, he goes, you are my first priority, but I can't be yours. And that's just how it is. And it's hard for him sometimes 
And it also has a lot of benefits. And that's just how it is. The more that that you integrate these people into your lives when you're sure that they're the one that, you know, obviously none of us are dating for like a, a fling when we have kids, but if they're not going to be the forever thing, because it, it takes time to know that, it takes time to be sure that that is, that they are who you want forever in whatever sense that word means, whether it's like long-term partnership, marriage, whatever, then they should be along for the ride with all of it and they should add to it. They should be adding something to your family. They should be adding life and happiness and love and understanding and support. God, the support of having someone that actually is giving life to you instead of draining your energy is like, there's nothing like it. (laughs) So it has been such a gift for me at this point to be able to have someone that I can just lean on and be like, I'm struggling with this. You know, I'm struggling with the right thing to do here. I love them and I want to do the right thing and I'm, I'm confused and I'm figuring it out and I'm going through my own stuff. It's, it's so beneficial to just have that support and have someone have your back and have someone like really in it with you. And I said before that I probably would never have kids again. I said that for years. I said, nope, I'm done. I got my girls. I don't want any more. And I always made these excuses like, I just don't, you know, I don't want to have the big age gap. I don't want to be too old. <laughs> I'm literally 30. Like, we got time. Um, I don't want to start all over. I said all of these things. And when I got down to it, I realized what I actually wanted was I never wanted to be a single parent again. And I was, I was for years. I parented alone from the first moments that my girls were born. And yeah, their dad was there. Like he was, you know, their dad. But like I was doing the day in, day out, breakfast, lunch, bedtime, crying spells, breastfeeding. Like I I did all of it and I've continued to do all of it. And I accept that, that role with so much honor. I am so grateful that I have a bigger purpose in life and that is to influence and love and pour into these beautiful, amazing humans. Like it is incredible. It's incredible that I get that. I count it a huge privilege that I have these girls. It is a huge blessing and it's also hard and the two can exist. And I've realized that that support factor, finding a partner that offers that support factor, not just like, oh, yeah, you're great. You're doing a good job. Good, good job being a parent. Good job taking care of your kids. Like, no, like the real support, the real shit, the real shit. Get someone that's there for the real shit. And you're not going to know it at first. You know, you don't need to interrogate someone on the first day and be like, can you handle all this? Because if you can't handle that 2 a.m. stomach bug puke session, then like you're out, buddy. Like, no, it's going to be something that you are going to take time with. But the, the best way to handle it is just intuitively, just intuitively tap into like 
how does this person make me feel? How safe does this person feel? Does this person embody the qualities that I want to have in someone that is going to be around my children, that is going to influence them, that is going to be an example for them, that is going to have to understand that date night has to wait if homework's due. Like there are so many things that you yourself have to get clear on before you can allow that that person or that space into your life. I mean, make a list. Make a list about what you want. It it helps you to get really clear about the yeses and the nos. Make a list about the kind of things you want to teach your child. Make a list about the kind of guidance and love that you want to impart to them. Make a list of how you are going to allow them to figure out who they are and support them the whole way without putting your own stuff on them. And then find someone who is down for all of that, but also embodies that. Find someone that lives in that same way that you want them to live. Find someone that is going to be there for the high moments and add to those and the low moments and offer comfort in those. Like find somebody that embodies all of that. And if you are out there and you're dating as a single parent and you're feeling discouraged, I I like wish that I could show you a, a fast forward and say like, trust me, it gets better because I felt so discouraged for so long. It took me five years of dating and being single and dating and being single to fig to find someone that like I actually was like holy shit I see a whole life with this person I see them fitting in and adding to our dynamic instead of having to give more of myself without anything in return it just worked and I wish I could tell myself a couple of years ago when I was dating all those assholes and <laughs> calling my friends to come bail me out of dates with some kind of emergency because I just could not bear to hear them talk anymore. Like, I I wish I could tell myself, dude, just chill. You're gonna find someone. It's gonna be great. Just, just let it, let it be. And a word of encouragement to anyone out there that is a parent, that is about to be a parent, that wants to be a parent, you are going to fail so much. And it's okay because all of those mistakes teach you how to be better, teach you how to do it better, teach you how to give more of yourself and your love and your capacity and honor yourself and honor your kids. All of it is going to work out. Just love the hell out of those kids. Give them everything that they actually need to to deal with the world and to always find a home within themselves, no matter what happens. And if you can teach them that and you can love the shit out of them, then they're going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. And you're going to miss the 2 a.m. stomach bug puke days at some point. I promise. <laughs> I promise as weird as it sounds, there are still to this day little moments that I'm like, oh my God, 
never going to have that again. Not with them, at least. Maybe with another one in the future if, if it's in the cards, if it's meant to be. But there are things that are that are gone and you just look back on them with fondness and say, I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> I'm so grateful for all of it. Every mistake, every tantrum, everything. And oh, I hope that was helpful. Oh my God. See, like that's like such a big part of my life and I never talk about it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, if this, helped you please share it send it to someone you know take it and listen to it on repeat download it rate it you know whatever you gotta do I personally I just love knowing that like this is helping someone I love the messages I love the positive feedback or any feedback at all you know if you're like wow you suck I'm gonna spank my kids until the day I die then okay you can tell me that but <laughs> say you're stupid <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in i will catch you next week